Hey everybody, this is Greg, and before we get started with the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to two of our sponsors. The first is a company that is very close to my heart, Dominar Studios. They're the makers of the Cloud Agent Suite. Their flagship product, Cloud CMA, is used by over 500,000 real estate professionals all across the country, and their customers have published over 15 million Cloud CMA reports. Also check out CloudMLX, their front-end-of-choice solution, which won Inman News' Most Innovative Technology Award and has crossed over 200,000 MLS members under site license. You can find out more at cloudagentsuite.com. Also, I'm excited to announce the Notorious VIP, a premium subscription service from Rob Hahn, also known as the Notorious ROB. Membership gives you subscriber-only content, both written and recorded, that is unavailable anywhere else. The difference between the Notorious ROB blog and the Notorious VIP is that VIP focuses on research and analysis, while the ROB blog focuses on commentary and op-ed. Notorious VIP is for those in organized real estate that want to go a few layers deeper. Please visit Notorious-ROB.com to find out more. I'll put a link to both sponsors in the show notes. Also, if any of our listeners are interested in sponsoring the Industry Relations Podcast, please drop me a line at gregrobertson at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, Rob Hahn. And with me on the other line is the other co-host, Mr. Greg Robertson. Greg, are you there? Hola, Rob. Hola, Greg. <laughs> Are you feeling sick? You sounded a no. little sick. No, it's just, you know, it's day three trillion of the quarantine. <laughs> Are you so. guys still in the quarantine? Course, I thought California's yeah. opening up. Yeah, well, the, the the idiots have definitely taken the streets for sure. So you're quarantined, like self-quarantined. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Well, ho- hopefully your quarantine is very pleasant because, you know, <laughs> you live in a very pleasant area. Oh, yeah. It's really nice outside. Yeah. Although, <laughs> you know, that is an interesting question, right? So with the quarantine, does does that make the whole like California, uh, you know, surtax like even more unreasonable? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, you, you don't have – I mean, so I'm saving money because we're not doing anything. So, I mean, you know, I guess that offsets it. But, um, <laughs> there's an awful lot of people that are still going to the beach for some goddamn reason. I mean uh, – you know, our, our office is at the beach. So I, right. you know, when I go in there to, to sign checks or grab things or whatever, you could definitely, you know, see people walk around without face masks. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of spiking going on right. as far as the number of cases. But I'm, I'm saying like, you know, every friend of mine that lives in Southern California, spoke, including you, have said, hey, I know taxes are super high. I know it's really expensive to live here. But we don't mind paying the California surtax because, you know, the mountain, the beaches, the sun, the everything, you know, it's just amazing. Like, well, does, that I mean, still, yeah. does that still work, though, if you're a- not? Ab- actually- a- absolutely. Absolutely, Rob. I mean, every I mean, that tax right now, I mean, the, the COVID tax is, is taxing everybody. <laughs> right. So at least my level set is better than everybody else's. So there you go. I don't know. Because, you know, I'm in Las Vegas and all I see is bright sunshine. And since I'm not going outside anyway, <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't it, matter wait, to me that's 109 okay. year versus 79 yeah, exactly, where yeah. you are. When, when <laughs> We're I, when both I sitting walk, in air-conditioned rooms. When, I, when my <laughs> wife and I take a walk around the neighborhood, it's very pleasant. There so. you go. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, like that actually raises a topic, right? Because, you know, you're not. we're not going outside. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know? No, I was um, – you know, as I say that the traveling circus is put to a halt right now. I mean, I know. Um, wah, for, wah. Yeah, wah, <laughs> wah. I mean, it's really it's it's kind of like unnerving in a sense where you know, for most, I mean, for all of my adult life, basically since yeah. uh, probably the, the late '90s, I've been part of this kind of circuit where there's a lot of conferences and trade shows and, yep. and demos and presentations where. It would cause me to travel, you know, 90 days out of the year, 95 yeah. days, you know, some yeah. years. Yeah. And uh, that has just basically come to a, a screeching halt, right? I mean, I still have my <laughs> my carry-on suitcases still on its little perch <laughs> there, but it's it just collects dirty clothes now, <laughs> right? And and oh, I, I just man. don't want to put it away, but it's it's gonna have to happen. And yeah, and you know, I don't see it changing, you know, the, the only one that hasn't really announced is, 
I mean, CMLS has said that they're going to go virtual. Rezo yeah. was already virtual. Inman, yeah. Inman Connect now happened. That was that was kind of fun. I think you know NAR, which is supposed to be in uh, in November time frame ish. They haven't announced whether they're going virtual or not, but you got to believe they're going virtual. There's they're going no virtual. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just. There's I mean, no and that that's just going to be sixty thousand realtors gathering in a small space. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I don't even know if it's really their decision if it is right. It's yeah. probably yeah. Louisiana or, or New Orleans itself, right? So yeah. who knows? But I mean, nothing's been announced that I know of. But I mean, I I gotta say that. And then then you look forward to next year, and you know, a lot of these events take you know, months and a year ahead of time to plan. That's right. And I don't think anybody's planning anything now. So I, I think- I Yeah. I don't think anyone can. Right? Yeah. So so it's like, what happens next year? Yeah. yeah. Right? So I, I think that we're probably going to be in this kind of situation, unless they can come up with some sort of treatment or, or vaccine that really makes everybody feel a lot more confident, which I, I again, I don't see, I don't see that really- uh, on the close horizon, right? So no, now, no so when I think about all the people in in my kind of peer group who you see on the road every week, every month, That's every right. you know, those of us on the circuit, as those it were. of us, yeah, those of us who join the traveling circus, yeah, it's a brand new world, right? And there's, yeah, you know, there's definitely you know blessings, <laughs> yeah, um, there's blessings here where. Um, you know, having to spend a lot more time with my family, you know, my kids are, you know, getting older and this has been, yep. you know, great for that. And, uh, you know, getting some really focused work done. Um, hell, I'm, I'm writing a book right now. I finished a book actually. Wow. Awesome. Uh, even Congrats. though I started, yeah, thanks. I started that a, a couple years ago, but really got to focus on getting that thing done, uh, during this period. What's the um, book on? Well, I didn't want to make a plug here, but it's called make the Art a plug, of the man. It's our show. Make the plug. <laughs> it's called the Art of the CMA. So, um, I'm actually—I uh, don't know if I'll be done by this, but I'm soliciting. I've got three different cover designs I've narrowed it down to. So, if you go to Vendor okay. Alley and and look for the Art of CMA, you can kind of give me your preference on the uh, all right on the cover design that um, we've narrowed it down to. So, but, is that like a bi- biography? Is it like a business history, or is it like you know, actual I, advice? You know, like yeah, here's how great. to make a best CMA. Yeah, great question. So I haven't written about a lot about what it is, but it's it's more, and this goes back to what we were talking about. As much as I've traveled and how many damn hotels and conferences and, and airports, but one of the plus sides is that I got to meet, I get to meet a lot of people, a lot of yeah. agents, a lot of brokers, a lot of vendors, yeah. and especially from the agents and the brokers, I've heard a ton of stories yeah. and a ton of like best practices and a ton of like funny things about how they use technology or, or yeah. how they do listing presentations or how they use CMAs and just designing CMAs over the years, having not practiced real estate, uh, my mom did, but I've just collected a lot of those things. And I thought it'd be great to put all those stories and all the things I've heard into kind of a book format that I, I really wanted, I wanted to serve as kind of a guidebook. I'd, I'd like this thing to be underlined and highlighted and dog-eared and yeah. And, you know, just kind of in some agent's office somewhere in, in their drawer that they can reach into and find and and reference, right? So um, yeah. I'm hoping to get um, – right now it's kind of done. I've got it out to a few agent friends of mine and other yeah. others to kind of take a look. And then I'm hoping to uh, – It's I'm self-publishing it. I'm hoping it's going to be out in uh, the August timeframe, so – well, good for you, man. That's awesome. We're, we're going to yeah. have to, uh, like, what's the best way of, like, really doing that? We need to do a show around that. You know, maybe bring on one of your... I was working with a uh, a co-author, Charles Warnock, who um, I okay. knew. Uh, he was my director of marketing at, um, at E-Neighborhoods. I'd hired yeah. him back then. And he's a great... I started this thing two years ago, and I met him. I reconnected. Actually, we've been keeping in touch, but I randomly, I saw him at a marketing conference in Cleveland. And we hooked up and had a couple drinks and he was telling me about this project he was working on about, he was ghostwriting a book, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm writing a book and I can't get it done. And he's like, I can help you out with that, right? And so he just kept me focused and accountable. Yeah. So I would write something, give it to him and he'd like, give me suggestions and like a wins and next chapter. I mean, he just, yeah, yeah, almost a taskmaster for me. And that yeah, really yeah. got me over the finish line. And I, yeah. I don't know why I thought I could do it all on my own. I'm, I've always been a collaborative person, right? Yeah. I mean, I love doing this with you and I, you know, yeah. Dan and I have been partners forever. So, uh, and again, thanks for letting me talk about this, but I, I'm super excited about it. But uh, but see, yeah. here's the thing. I'm going to bring it back to our topic, right? What yeah. you just said happened because of a physical, yeah. because you're on the circuit. You know, if, yeah. you, if you hadn't gone to that marketing conference, 
you would never have seen Charles like in a bar, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder okay. about that. Like, so here's the thing. Like, so let let's let's step back. I didn't go to Inman, whatever now, mm-hmm. because well, quite frankly, I the only reason I go to Inman is for the you know the lobby con those those you know chance meetings, right? And I felt like there's no way that that happens in a virtual event. I didn't go to Riso. Actually, I don't generally go to Riso anyway, but right. Right, same reason. CMLS, when they do it virtually, I'm really torn as to whether I'm going to go or not. Again, exact same reason. So I think, you know, I did go to that that happy hour thing that Zillow threw during Inman. Where you yeah. were great, by the way. Right? Thank you. <laughs> but here's the thing, like, you know, the, the famous line, like, does it even apply? Don't go hard on the first night. Don't does that even apply? Night, yeah. yeah. In this sort of virtual world. And I can say that that serendipity was completely missing, even during the happy hour, right? Yeah. It's tough to, to duplicate real life it's impossible. interactions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's impossible because you don't have the, like, so I was thinking about this. If Zilla happy hour, the way back in, say, 20, you know, 19, right? <laughs> the idea is, okay, you're all in a room and you see somebody you hadn't seen in a couple of years. You just get start chatting and catching up, and then think one thing leads to another, and you're having some really cool conversations, right? In a virtual happy hour, you just don't have that. You're you're essentially doing a presentation or a webinar in front of like 15 other people. Yeah, and I know in theory there's a way that you could like private message one of them and say, "Hey, yeah. I hadn't seen you in a while." Like, but it just feels different. It's weird. Like, it's never going to happen. I think. Yeah, and and, and maybe. Like I've said before, Zoom has basically become a social network now, right? I mean, yeah. so I, you know, and FaceTime is is a little bit of precursor to that to me with my family. But I think over time, we might bridge those gaps, and 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 maybe there'll be better and truer connections that we can mm-hmm. do that way. But uh, right now, we're just it's in this kind of like this is new, and how do we use this? When this first started, it, it became some excuse for day drinking, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, you're at exactly. home and like, exactly. you know, you're, you're doing these virtual, you know, lobby bars and stuff, but um, that kind of quickly faded away, right? Yeah, because <laughs> it's not God. the same. You're still drinking alone. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right? <laughs> um, so, so there's a lot of that. And like, for me, what I realized too is that, you know, having been so long in this industry, I hear a lot of things because, man, I can't tell you how many previous employees Dan and I have in this industry, right? I mean, right. if you look at every major company, we used to work with them. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. have those connections, right? Yeah. And then, you know, when you're when you're at a conference or a lobby bar, you hear things. You you might hear one story from somebody or they're telling about something and then I'm later on in the night I hear another thing and then yeah, I, yeah. I, and then I hear another thing and then I think, oh, I know what the hell you know, these yeah. guys didn't tell me anything, but this is what's going on, right? Yeah, and that's been that's basically, you know, where Vendor Alley gets its dirt. Right? That's right. I mean, well, um, and, you know, and then there's those things like where you just walk through the Inman lobby, you know, and just yeah. kind of notice who's sitting with who. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it makes you or, wonder. It makes or, you speculate. Or, yeah. You know, and I was talking about this with Katie and uh, and Dan. Yeah. I saw this kind of Twitter meme and it was basically, you know, one of those boxes with text that says, call your extrovert friends. They're not okay, right, <laughs> right? Right, right. And and that that is totally the case, right? I mean, somebody's personality has been like that's gregarious and out there and yeah. loves and feeds off of that type of personal interaction is, you know, is struggling right now. And I, I got to say, I'm probably a little bit in that camp, right? I was going to say, are, um, are you okay, Greg? Yeah, exactly. You? Thank okay. you. I, I <laughs> appreciate it. Call appreciate. you directly to ask, but uh, it's because we talk like. <laughs> well, there's a lot of that, right? So, and then yeah. I have a lot of. It, it's weird in this industry, in this circuit, as you say, because the business and the personal relationships all kind of mingle. We're all colleagues, and we all Absolutely. with different people. You have different varying levels of relationships, and. It's like now we're all in long distance relationships, right? That's and right. Actually, that's a great way of putting, dude, yeah. that is such a great way of putting. We're all in yeah. long distance relationships, and those are those are traditionally tough, right? I mean, yeah. so I really think about like how am I going to connect with? Whereas you know, I could go to one place and see twenty people that I really care about and love, yeah, and just genuinely with just I could speak to two hours with alone just you know talking shit and and getting caught up and everything and and industry and all that kind of stuff and i don't do that now and is it you know it would be kind of weird to me 
to Zoom call just one person and do that. Maybe I maybe I should do that. I mean, I've been going a little old school and writing some quick notes and mm-hmm. just, you know, and maybe texting people and things like that or catching them on yeah. these kind of virtual happy hours. But I really think about how how can I keep these kind of relationships going in a, in a virtual world? And also, you know, the other thing there is like, let's be honest, this is a, an extreme level set for anybody new coming in the business, right? So a person like, you know, that has been in this industry forever and knows everybody now yeah. does not have that connection anymore. A new vendor coming in, those superpowers, the older vendors or people that had before are kind of not a big advantage. They're an advantage, of course, but not as much as they were. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a huge opportunity to new vendors coming in the space, right? But but we've got to learn the new rules and how to engage in these. Maybe that's what I should do is like, we should all just like, Look up Google like tips for keeping a long distance relationship going, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually have some thoughts around this, right? Because of my uh, misspent youth. Okay. Uh-huh. So it's been a while, but back in, I don't know, the turn, like 2000s, like early 2000s, I was really heavily into online MMOs. And for those, you know, oh god, this is going to get weird. I can love it. It's, go, go. Well, here's the thing. So, you know, most people kind of have a vague. So, why don't you describe what an MMO is? For That's exactly what, yeah. So, MMO stands for massively multiplayer online role playing game. We shorten it to MMO instead of MMORPG. And basically, we're talking about games like World of Warcraft. I think it's the most popular number right, of people okay. will probably understand. But there are dozens of others, and I played a, a bunch of them when I was younger, like back in the uh, early 2000s. Part of it is because I was unemployed, you know, for a year and a half after 9-11. And, uh, you know, you, you got to do st- something to kind of keep sane, right? And here's the thing. This was before, like, voiceover IP was, like, a real thing. So you're forming relationships typing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, typing. But, well, you know, like, I think... Well, like, what was that? Uh, uh, AOL, what is it? Instant Messenger back in the day, wasn't yeah, it? That? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. But, you know, so yeah. these MMOs, you know, you, you, and you form guilds and clans and all this stuff. And you're going on all these, like, adventures together and so on and so forth. And eventually, we moved to, you know, where, like, people would use voiceover IP on top of the game. So they would actually use their mm-hmm. voice and start talking. Now, here's the thing. That's... That's actually like the inspiration behind something like Verbella, which is what EXP uses. Yeah, and he bought he bought that and, he, and right, right. And they bought Verbella, and yeah. you know they just had this huge thing around Verbella and and so on. And I guess I'm kind of like maybe that's the piece that I was missing, you know, about understanding that. So here's why the MMO situation worked, in my opinion, why it worked to create community because it's always on. In other words, the difference between like an MMO or a virtual world, right, including Verbella, including EXP, including all that, and Zoom, is that the virtual world is always on. So you don't schedule something. You know, I mean, there's no, hey, um, at three o'clock we're gonna do a virtual happy hour, right, and uh, whatever, whoever gets on, and when we pretend to drink. Instead of that, you just log in. To see mm-hmm. who's online, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit more like that spontaneous lobby bar type experience. Right, right, right. Maybe that's what's missing. Right. Well, I mean, I guess couldn't Verbella? I mean, in the EXP world, I thought that was always on anyway. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's the secret sauce here is that EXP world is always on, just like a World of Warcraft. So it's not like agents have to schedule something with somebody. Right, and that, I think that's the issue. What what made conferences and LobbyCon and the networking, all of that, so special is that you never scheduled anything. Like you just go down to the bar, right? Yeah, and see who's there. With- so, so maybe we 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 create this re.net, you know, um, in Verbella, right? In Verbella, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you know, just log in and see who's around, right? Yeah. And so I log in and I say, oh, there's Craig, you know, oh, there's Mary Joe, you know. Right. And they just catch up a little bit. Like maybe that's the missing piece with this. Yeah, right. I think I think there's a technology barrier there because you know a lot of people that are good socially don't want the computer, right? So right, you'd, you'd almost right. have to be more a geek and social in a sense, right? To to really take advantage <sighs> of that. 
It's a really good question. I don't I don't know the yeah. answer to that. I mean, what I can say but is I, the insight is is amazing. I think you're right, right though. I mean, having an always on thing is that right. is that is very unique, right? Maybe that's the difference. So in other words, if the conference circuit goes away, maybe what we all have to do is every single person go open a World of Warcraft account. <laughs> you know? Seriously. You know, no, I, mean, I, I like it. I like it. I'm not it. even I kidding. Like just, just so, and then we create like a little space, or maybe we all go get Verbella, you know, and we just create some thing, some giant bar. You know? Right. <laughs> right. And the longest lobby bar ever, right? Yeah. yeah, the longest and biggest lobby bar ever. And the idea is you just, just log in, right, yeah. to see who's around. And then yeah. if nobody's around, you get whatever, then you log out. You know, there isn't this thing like, you know, and then the events just becomes, hey, uh, we're going to do something at five o'clock. Everyone just logs in at five. Yeah. Maybe that's what needs to happen. No, right? I, I'll have to, I'll, maybe I'll do the, I'll, I'll check out the, the vendor alley lobby bar. Just yeah. is always open, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, like I said, there used to be a bunch of, and like Verbella, Glenn Sanford talks about like how he was really inspired by Second Life. Mm. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine from law school who was uh, working at Second Life. So I, I knew a lot about it. And he called me, you know, to get some thoughts because he knew that I was really big into these MMOs, like early day MMOs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like EverQuest and Asheron's Call and, you know, these things that are lost in the, you know, hazy memory. But that might be what replaces. I'm looking at the, the kids now. It's like my daughter's younger, mm-hmm. Hope, and she plays Roblox with her her friends and she basically just FaceTimes her friends on her phone. Right. And they're both playing online and she likes that the way that works my my son he plays a lot like overwatch i think is the okay name. yeah yeah and he's got headsets on he's talking to his team members yeah but he also is a dungeon master so they use a thing called discord which is like slack yeah. basically yeah and he has those guys all in video up there and then they play dungeons and dragons where my son is the dungeon master yeah they, they do it online that way yeah and then my middle son toby he's yeah. He's more into Star Wars, so he likes the the Star Wars worlds yeah. where he can like, you know, be either part of the rebels or, or part yeah. of the Empire and and he's Luke Skywalker and oh, you know, no. his friend is this and that and No. And, you gotta uh, tell him the Empire the good guys. The Empire's not the good guys. Too. Empire's totally the good guys in oh, Star God. Wars universe. Don't don't make don't make me in okay. this partnership, okay? What are you talking about, dude? You and I have to talk about this. Okay, we're gonna have to take a couple minutes to talk about this. Think about this, right? Empire are the good guys. For Star oh Wars. God. Okay. okay. Whereas the rebels, they're they're literally slave owners, right? We're not going. We're not going. The down, robots so in Star Wars are sentient. They are life beings they have free will and okay yet the, empire right? like empire has robots as well what about the torture machine that they try to sick on leia that's a, that's a droid that was but it's like the, the empire. empire empire treats its droids like full citizens that's not true it's true the rebel no. alliance does not okay. anyway there's the whole whole stuff more but yeah <laughs> i think i just horrified like half of our listeners oh, yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah so now, so that's one path that this can go, right? right? Having said that, where I'm at is because I have that background in MMOs. Yeah. And honestly, if somebody, if no one who is like someone who has never spent 16 hours straight online, okay, running a large quest, essentially, right? Like it's hard to understand just how immersed you can get in the online world, right? Where I've done that. I think what I'm going to say is, even with all that, the online is not a replacement for offline. Even with everything I just said, sort of yeah, suggesting that of virtual can be this amazing place you can build relationships, you know, and having that always on, you know, uh, world, that is all true. And I've spent 16 hours online straight, you know, all that I've done all that. And I'm saying it's still not the real world. Right. Right. So I do think ultimately we are going to see the circuit come back. I yeah. kind of believe that. I don't. Now it might not be next year, but I do think it's going to come back. Yeah, and I don't know if I said this on well, you know, whether we're recording or not, but you know, a lot of these events take a year to plan. Yeah, and I don't think there's a lot of people planning for next year, and that means I think next year is going to be completely not completely, but you know, there's 
no matter what, there's going to be if there's any events at all, they're going to be a lot less. Yeah. So we we've got a full year of the circuit, you know, yeah. Yeah. dying down, right? And then and then who knows after all this. I was talking to Carl, our CFO. It's like, you know, him and Dan have always, you know, always told me that like, dude, you, you know, you don't have to travel as much. I mean, we're about, you know, Dan's at home, right? And I'm, yeah. I'm on the road a lot. And yeah. uh, I look at more, it's been just a lifestyle for me. I don't even think about it. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's not a great way as far as like, you don't want to be, you know, looking back and saying, I miss this, I miss that, I miss that. Yeah. And I always try to keep a good work-life balance, but, it, you know, it, it can get out of hand, right? So totally. a lot of people at the end of this thing might go, yeah, well, you know, I, I've discovered this new thing and it's not worth it anymore, right? Oh, I, and, I, I know and I will. Everybody's got to le- everybody's got to kind of level set that, right? Yeah, I know I will. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna like this is the longest I've been home, just like you, right? Yeah, since sort of like mid March till now, like I haven't been on an airplane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> right? I haven't stayed at a hotel. Like it's crazy. It's the longest I've gone like that, and in that time, I think I dropped thirty pounds because <laughs> I get to work out. You know, I'm like, all right, uh, I'm not traveling. You know, my. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, I think going forward, and I think oh, there, there's always a number, though, Rob. Right? There's always oh, of a course, number. of course, there is. So <laughs> what I mean is, I'm going to evaluate those travel things pretty carefully. Right. Whereas in the past, I think I would have just said, hey, you know, there's a bar camp, right? And I want to see yeah. some people. Let's, you know, whatever. Plane tickets are cheap. You know, let's go there. I, I think that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Going forward, and I think it's something that event organizers going to have to figure out. What's interesting about that, though, is so that's us, you know, that's right. That's the circus monkeys, you know, that we've all been on right, this circuit right, for a right. real long time. But there is a practical aspect to this, right? Because, you know, the way I look at it is that's us. We go to all these different national conferences. But when you think about organized real estate, a lot of their stuff revolves around physical events, too, as mm-hmm. you and I know, right? Because I've spoken at a bunch of these, you know, these lunch and learns and tech uh, days and you know all these things and i know you've been to your fair share of those things too mm-hmm. like do you think that comes back how do you think the you know mls's and realtor associations that really have built kind of community in a very similar way to how you and i you know have sort of built our you know, circuit community right yeah so i think there's how do you a couple things that yeah yeah i think there's a couple things there like i've heard from and I, right now i serve on the board of directors for ARMLS is kind of uh-huh. an outside director. And so I, I just was on a meeting yesterday, a board meeting yesterday, which was a go-to meeting kind of enabled thing. And then I've talked to other people, other uh, MLSs and associations, and we may have talked about this, but they're getting a lot more engagement and attendance at these things because it's more convenient for somebody to log in remotely right. than driving and making it. So on one thing, I think it's been a positive thing for many institutions that have these kind of board meetings and stuff for participation. I think participation has actually gone up right. in a lot of these things. So that's that's a good thing. But there are some things that, that need a physical interaction. For instance, if somebody has to buy a lockbox, right? Yeah. They've got to go somewhere. They've got to fill out some paperwork. And sure, that could be handled online. But at the same time, they're distributed the lockbox, they make sure the key's all correct. There's a yeah. you know a, a certain dance you have to do with those kind of things. And maybe that can be solved. Maybe they can just ship stuff like that. But, but um Yeah, I th- what I'm saying though, Greg, is the same exact thing we were talking about, that serendipity, right? Yeah. In other words, it's not about like yo, I have no doubt that participation in actual like events. In other words, MLS is going to do a training session on Matrix. I'm sure mm-hmm. that those things are filled to capacity. Right. Yeah, uh, we're going to have a virtual lunch and learn with so and so from whatever Prospect Mortgage talking about the new CFPB rules. I'm sure those are getting way more participation because agents are sitting at home. What else are they going to do, right? But what I'm saying is the serendipity. Like when I think about how people become board, uh, directors in an MLS, right? Yeah, it's no, because they go to these events yeah. and then they get recruited and they meet some people and they're like, oh, you know, so and so super nice. He's smart. You know, and then they get, let's put them on this committee. And then, you know what I mean? Like it sort of naturally kind of builds away in exactly the way that we talked about how, you know, we just meet somebody at a bar and maybe we we don't know them or they're with a friend of ours and we kind of get, you know, meet, you know what I mean? It's just yeah, that yeah, natural yeah, serendipity yeah, right. thing. That's gone right now for the association's MLS. So I have yeah. no doubt you're right in terms of training, in terms of events. I'm sure they're getting a lot more participation, but it's exactly like what you said about if I'm a new vendor, 
today. How do I break in? Yeah. Right? So if I'm a new member today in an association, how do I break in? Like, how does anybody know that I exist? Right? How does anybody know that maybe I'm somebody that they should reach out and, and get? Right? How do we do that? You know, it's typically, I think the past would be, you you know, call up, you'd find out who you talk to, approve stuff. Yeah. Then you get a physical meeting, I guess, which could turn into online. But you got to build that trust, especially in this yeah. business, right? They're so, yeah. everybody's so concerned about the data, you know, rightfully so. You have to build that trust somehow. And then, um, and then over time, you, they get to trust and you get a little bit more leeway and you get, I mean, it's all politicking in a sense, but- um, it's no, human. it's it, it does it is it, yeah. it is it's human exactly it's human yeah yeah and you know and you think about like from there it goes to the next level down as well like I know that a virtual transaction is entirely possible right I mean we've agents and brokers have proven in right. the last three months right like you could do everything virtually phone Zoom you know uh, whatever DocuSign you know I, mean, I know that but one thing you can't do virtually is the networking right. You know, and people talk about like again, friends of mine, and I think you and I, because we're on the circuit, we tend to know more the agents. I think who are a little bit more involved, at least I do, more involved with the realtor and MLS world. And you know, they talk about like one of the benefits of the networking events. It's not the topic, right? That's not really where the value is. They're not coming because they're so desperate to learn about the newest appraisal rules. You know. Right. The value is after the event, during the cocktail hour, you know, they get to meet somebody. And it's like, oh, I, this agent that I might have done a deal with, I meet them and all of a sudden we, we strike up a conversation and we, you know, do you know what I mean? Like we trust each other a little bit more. So next time we're in a transaction, we kind of know, you know, like there's a human element that, that greases the wheel a little bit. Yeah. Right? And I feel like, how do we get that as an industry? Yeah. It turns out this is a bigger deal than than I think maybe you and I even thought about when we get got into this, right? But I think it probably don't you think that's probably you know we think we're special, but I sh- I'm sure there's a lot of industries that are like this, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where the real work, the real business happens after hours. Oh, totally. Yeah, in the hallways. I mean, I've seen this in finance. I've seen this in law. I've seen. I mean, no, it's because it's yeah. human nature. It's just human nature. So I'm. If we oh, don't no, replace I, that, like yeah. what what does the industry actually look like? No, and it not is, just for it, vendors like us, right? It is. I, I this has happened to me so many times where it's just been a after a meeting, after um, a day yeah. you're at, you've gone off just to twenty steps into a side hallway. Yeah, you work something out, look each other in the eye, and shake hands, right? And that's it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or you know. You have an ally, right? That tells you a little bit later in the evening after a few drinks, like whether you're towards the bottom of the list or towards the top of the list, right? Yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. You can do something with that information, right? Um, yeah. You get also people that are uh, that they can be frank with you, and you can be frank with them, right? And yeah. that's no nuance when you're writing an email, ugh, yeah. You know, or even you know, texting back and forth. There's nothing like being in front of them, looking in the eyes, and like you know, knowing where that message is coming from, right? Yeah. No, and, yeah. and it could be as, yeah, and it's just a simple thing like, you know, you see somebody on stage and you think one thing of them and then you meet them afterwards and you're like, oh, actually, they're very different. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shit, I know people have said that about me. So. Yeah. <laughs> shocking, Rob. I shocking. Know, shocking. <laughs> I don't know. So it's, it's actually kind of an interesting topic to me, you know, like how do we, the whole industry, how do we get that human interaction relationship juice, right? Yeah. If we don't. So having said that, I think the answer is we, we don't, we can't. It's really, 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 really difficult, right? And no amount of virtual events is going to create that. Maybe part of the answer is this sort of always on world, right? Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting is like to get somebody from EXP on, right? And like not one of the corporate executives, right? Because they'll have an incentive to spin, but like just an agent and asking them like, what's it like? Like having mm-hmm. the virtual always on world, does that actually help create this serendipity? For that matter, listen, if you're listening and you're an EXP agent, we kind of want to hear from you on this. I think what it has to be, and I think, and again, I don't know, I haven't really talked to anybody like you're suggesting we talk to somebody, but I mean, it's got to be part of the culture, right? So mm-hmm. if, and it's, I mean, they've been doing this forever. So you got to be, it's, you got you to believe that this 
online world is, is so ingrained in exp's culture that right uh, that's right. why they have success with it right you have to think you know yeah. so i'm just curious like does that serendipity thing help create you know the normal human bonds right that would naturally happen if people are still going into the office if people are still going to events and and whatnot right yeah so that that's that's one thing uh, that i'm sort of curious about but on the flip side of it, because even with all of that, even with the whatever best technologies, online is still not offline, I still think we are going to get back to kind of getting together in person. Yeah. I, was, I really do so believe I'll, I told you, I had like this idea. Can yeah. I tell you? Can I yeah, talk yeah. about this? Yeah. Because, you know, this is probably when everything was really kind of going the right direction. I know that we're seeing a lot of spikes now in, in some states, and that's kind of unfortunate and hopefully... We can get our shit together here, but uh, I thought you know what what the industry needed was some sort of like um, someone to do an event that would give the other people doing events some confidence, right? So, okay. so I was I had this idea of doing I was going to call it like the MLS Prop Tech uh, Annual 2020 Symposium. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> so first of all, it's like. Let me make it sound as fancy as possible, right? Okay. <laughs> that way, when you when you tell your significant other, like I've got to go, it's the MLS Prop Tech Symposium <laughs> for 2020. We're making, we're we're really planning for the future here, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it would be, you know, at a location, right? And it would be like set up like how I would love uh, an ideal event to be held, right? It would be, it would start like eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. You'd have one session. You know how how MLSs have been dealing with the with the pandemic, and we get yeah. people on there. Then you break for about a two hour lunch. Then you have two more sessions, and then dinner on your own. Okay, <laughs> right. Basically for three nights in a row, and then there'd be okay. a golf thing, a golf yeah. thing at the beginning of that, right? Okay. And then so you, you just invite everybody to this damn thing, and it, it kind of like well they had the MLS Prop Tech Symposium, so you know, and a lot of people showed up to this, so. Um, and that would give more people some confidence to put on their own events, right? But, okay. Okay. But yeah, I don't think it, it went anywhere. I, I, I just I did it as a half joke. I mean, really yeah. a half joke. But yeah. uh, the way things are spiking, I, I just don't think it'd be be possible, right? So here's um, here's my only suggestion with that. I think it's possible. I would just rename it. Well, you can't. Uh, no, renaming is not going is not going to like change the fact yes, it that, is. that yes, some it states is. are spiking. Oh no! Yes, it is. Okay, okay, here's the name. All right, no, I want to hear it. The MLS Herd Immunity Symposium. Oh, God. In other words, but I'm, I'm sort of joking, but here's my serious point behind it. When I say I think things are going to come back, I think it's going to come back because it's going to be individuals who are going to decide, you know what? I don't care. I will take the risk. And, and either it's because I've already had it and I, have, I feel like I have herd immunity or... I'm young and I'm not in the vulnerable, you know, group. So if I get it, you know, I'm going I was going to get it anyway, so I'm going to go. Now, I'm not saying that everyone's going to think that way at all. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I think well, that's going to be because a group that's of wrong people. thinking. It's not about themselves, it's about others, right? So But you know, then those others won't come. No, if but you're if vulnerable, they, if, don't if, come. No, but those people would if they get infected and they come back, they're going to bring it to others who didn't want it. But if there are others, it's their family. So what I'm pointing is that they are going to if, make if those they decisions stay at home. Themselves. If they stay at home, yeah. Yeah, I'm be, just saying that those people are going to make their own decisions. My point is, I think the way that this moves forward is, you know, somebody's going to have an event, right? And only those people who are saying, you know what, I'm willing to take the risk. Those are the only people who will come. Now, that sucks for an event organizer. No question about it. Right? Could you imagine trying to run an event? Could you imagine being like Keller Williams and you got to do a family reunion and you're going, how many, pe- how many people are going to come? I totally get that. Right? What I'm saying though is I think that's how this starts. I think it's actually someone like you saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to put out an event. I will put out all of the warnings, all the caveats, all, the, you know, all that, but this is the deal. Right? If you're going to come, understand that you could get infected. Right. Right. And if you get infected and you bring it home, that's on you. So you're gonna have to do whatever you need to do, right, to feel safe or feel secure. But here's the thing. I think the small group of whatever the smaller group of people who end up going there, if they end up forming those bonds that we were just talking about, right? If they end up kind of building those relationships and the people who didn't go do not build those relationships, well, Eventually, you see what ends up happening, right? 
Yeah. Well, you know what I'll do? <laughs> Here's what I'll do. As I actually made this this draft agenda. Okay. So now, now that I'm looking at it right now, I brought it back up and like, we planned on doing a live industry relations uh, podcast at the event too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll, you know what? I'll link to this in the show notes and people can tell me what, uh, what <laughs> Would they Would you think. come? Yeah. We'll call it the Herd Immunity Edition, right? <laughs> so I'll, I'll, Greg, I'll tell you this, man. That's where I'm at. Okay. Right. Me personally. Now, here's the thing. I'll, I'll, so let's go through it. I'm not in the vulnerable population. I don't have kids at home. I don't have elderly people at home. Uh, right. It's just me and Sonny. We're yeah. both healthy. My take on it is if I haven't had it already, I'm going to get it and I kind of want it. Okay, I know that sounds weird because I feel like the only thing that's going to get us through the pandemic is herd immunity. So I would show up, you know, to do that live podcast. Right. Right. But I'm saying that knowing what the risks are and knowing how I personally would end up dealing with it. And I think anybody who would come to something like that or any event in the future is going to have to go the exact same analysis I just went through, right? Because I'll tell you what, if I were 70, I would not go. Right. I wouldn't go. You know, just like, you know what, this is the foreseeable future until, (laughs) to your point, they develop the -the over-the-counter cure, you know? I can't believe (laughs) that this is where we ended up. This this kind of... Funny thing that I came up with is where we're ending up. Here. You know, but, I mean, there's it a lot, funny. but it, it does tie into it, though. For, but for dude, sure, it ties sure. into it, and you know what? I kind of think it's important. I kind of yeah. hope you would, right? Because we need to see how many people are like me who say, you know what? I'm smart. I'm not an idiot, and I thought about it, and I'm willing to take the risk. Right. Because if it ends up being ten people, that says something. If it ends up being a hundred, that says something else. If it ends oh, up yeah. being a thousand. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, that's never going to happen, but yeah. Uh, but, you, yeah, but you know, like, I think that's, you want to talk about, like, help giving a, uh, a helping hand to some of the other event organizers out there? I actually think they should fund this. Like, they should <laughs> write your checks so that you would go, I will do the organizing, I will take the risk. But, you know, what? it's a lot cheaper for them to write you a $10,000 check. But listen, or everybody's, right? every MLS, every association, every vendor's tech budget is completely overflowing right now because right. nobody's traveled. So right. um, for them to, to plop down, you know, several hundred dollars to go to something like this would be nothing. Oh, I, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about, so let's say I'm a big MLS, okay? Right. And I do a spring tech fair every year. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's going to cost me half a million dollars to put that event on. But I can't make that kind of commitment because what happens if there's a secondary spike? What happens if, you know, I commit and you know, ten percent of the people show? I'm not, I can't. I just can't do it. However, if I write Greg Robertson a check for ten thousand dollars so that he can go be the guinea pig, <laughs> right? God. That lets me decide whether I'm going to do a spring tech fair or not. Oh my goodness! Look, hey, hey, yeah. MLS CEOs are listening to this. I'm telling you, this there's there's something to this. Okay, let Greg kind of be your guinea pig, put on this MLS tech symposium, subtitle, Herd Immunity Edition. Let him go <laughs> spend fifty, hundred thousand dollars setting this thing up, which he can do because 10 of you are going to write him checks for $10,000 to sponsor it, right? And what it's going to tell each and every that. one of you is whether you should do your own, you know, member event in the spring next year, right? Yeah, I, I I'm mean, serious. I, I'm, yeah, but I mean, money aside, the half joking part of this, the, the half that wasn't joking was maybe there needs to be something to, to give people, other people permission to yeah. start doing things. But yeah, um, yeah we'll see. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, 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 here's, I've already committed. You put on this event, I will show up in person and do a live whatever and speak, whatever you need. Right? I would absolutely do that. Because I kind of want to know too, think about the circuit. How many of those people would actually show up in person? Because I honestly right. do not know. I don't know, right. and nobody knows. And I think until somebody tries it, we're not going to know. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, though, that has to be said here, and I, I know you're putting these qualifications on there, but, and again, it's it's so charged out there right now about how people look at these things, but is it a proper thing to do, <laughs> right? I of mean, course it is. See, I think there'd be somebody with as, as strong a feeling that it is not right. So, well, but you don't know, come. You, 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 yeah, no, nobody's I mean, forcing you to come, right? Yeah, 
but I, again, it goes back to the it goes back to the thing. It's like somebody who goes to an event. Yeah, and I yeah. struggle with this. I've got to go. You know, I go to the grocery store and I do all that stuff for yeah. here, right? Or we get yeah. some stuff delivered. Uh, I don't. I don't send Jen out to do that, right? So, yeah. but we don't have like an elderly person. But you know, yeah. Jen's mother. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so do I? Do I go do somewhere? Am, am I putting myself at risk? But not even putting myself. I don't care if I put myself at risk. But by my actions, right. could you they turn into others? something else? Right. Right. And you know I think that's the proper argument there. Really, Fine. Right? right. And my point is, you know, who gets to make that decision is you. Right. It's but, not but, the conference organizer. Okay, but here's the thing: if somebody goes to an event yeah. and they bring back COVID. Yeah. And they think they're all good because they're they don't have the symptoms. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they go shake hands and do something with some of their buddies. Yep. Okay. Did the event organizers NAR by holding it in New Orleans, did they enable that? So the answer is of course, right? In a certain perspective. But my point is where we have to get to, and this is why I think your event is so perfect for this, and I strongly urge you to, to do this, and here's why. I, just, I don't know why. No, I here's this why. <laughs> Saying that the event organizer is responsible for you know, the grandfather of one of the attendees getting sick is like saying Costco is responsible because their stores were open. You're, right. You have a choice, right? right? You have a choice of coming to your event or not. Right. right? And to me, what I'm saying is at this stage, Everybody understands the dangers. Everybody understands. Now, granted, the data around COVID is still a little whatever, right? But we kind of understand what it is, right? So it's your call. Like Greg Robertson- That's a fair point. Putting on this event in this day and age with what we already know, it's not some sort of, oh my God, like I didn't know. Like that's the difference. Like back in early March, people didn't know, right? So there was a big deal. Like so-and-so, some vendor got (laughs) sick at the leading RE event, like- we didn't know. Now we know, right? So Greg Roberts says, hey, everybody, we're going to put on this MLS symposium. And oh, you choose to attend. And then you come home, you shake hands, and now your grandpa's sick. And you're going to blame Greg? Like, what are you talking about? You knew. Right? You knew what the risks were. And you went anyway. So I think this is important. I think it should be done. And I'm saying, <laughs> I would go. And here's the thing. I wouldn't hold it against anybody who says, hey, man, I'm not going to go. Right? Like right. there's no judgment of course not. whatsoever yeah. on anybody says, yeah. hey, you know, I don't see the, I don't think the risk is worth it. I'm not going to go. Okay. That's fine. Right. But at the same time, I don't think there's any judgment for anybody that this says- This is so interesting. I'm going to go. Right. We, I know the risk. We ended up right? at this thing that- this kind of just, <laughs> that's, As most of our- Basically, our which was going to turn into a kind of a funny vendor alley post. Now right. it's like, it's- it's <laughs> nah, man, a serious post. Let, let's, let's do it. Well, Let's no, start. I'll put the I'll put the link in the show notes, and you know yeah. we'll hear from the you know from everybody out there uh, yeah. and and see what happens here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think so. To me, it's twofold, right? So action items because we've got like nine minutes left. <laughs> Number one, we want to know whether you would attend something like this. Okay, okay. <laughs> you're you're all in here, bro. I'm all in, man. You're all I, in. What yeah. I think about, it. and then number two. If you are a large brokerage, national franchise, MLS, large association, and you do events, I'm strongly urging you to sponsor this event. Oh, God. Okay? And the reason for it is very, very simple. It's because you need somebody else to be the guinea pig to see what the response is like when someone has a, has a physical event. Okay? So I'm just saying, and if enough of you chip in some money... I know that Greg can put this thing on and without it, you know, bankrupting him, right? So I think the fact that Greg is willing to be the guinea pig on behalf of the industry is noble. And all of you should spend five to ten thousand dollars, that's all it would take, just to see how the circuit would respond to a physical event. And how many people, when they're invited, because that's how it's gonna or not just invited, but you know what I mean just to see how what the response rate is. And that will allow you to make some decisions around what you want to do with your physical events. That's the call to action. Let's do this. All right? All right. <laughs> anyway, this is fun. This was fun. I can't believe we got there. Yeah, I, I can't believe we're here either, Rob. Yeah, Thank I, you. I, I, I'm curious what the show notes are going to be. It's like World of Warcraft, Ashron's <laughs> Call, physical events. <laughs> yeah, don't go, don't go big on the get, first time. Yeah, yeah. You're going to see some people going, oh my God, Rob, I was Ragnar back in 91. I know, I know. 
What server were you on? So let me ask you a question. When you were on these things, were you a uh, were male, female, uh, dragon, uh, an orc? What, uh, it depends what? on the game. Uh, the one I remember the most is I was uh, a male elf war life mage on Asheron's call. Oh, there's no elf. I was show. That's right. There's only human races. Show is kind of like the Asian race in the you know. So that made sense, mm-hmm. right? I was a show life war spec mage. Oh, I, I got pretty high. You know, and then no, uh, I yeah, bet dun- you were high. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons Online. I was like a dwarven cleric or something. I can't remember. So long ago. I know I was a night elf rogue in World of Warcraft for a while. Well, well I, I mean, knew um, you were like. Yeah. You, I remember you telling me once you're like a Magic Gathering guy. So this kind but, of yeah, that was my yeah. I was on the pro tour. You know, I used to write for the magazine. That was my company. God dang, yeah. dude! You you are just multi layered, bro. I am steeped in the geek world, man. <laughs> anyway. It was wonderful chatting with you. You Maybe too, I, man. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk offline about this event that uh, that I'm going to help you put on. Okay. All right. Awesome. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, any final parting words for our loyal listeners? No. Um, I've enjoyed the podcast. I mean, this. I think we started off with some great questions and everything else, and it ended up <laughs> here. But um, I'm, it was I'm interested to, be, to see man. there. And uh, but yeah, no. I'm. I mean, as I say all the time, I mean. It's been a little bit of a break here. I'm going to try to get on a regular schedule with Rob here, and it's completely my fault for not putting these out as much as I have. But um, I've been a little bit busy, and so is Rob. But um, yep. don't forget to go to iTunes or all those places. Please give us a, a five star or a seven star rating and write it. Write a review. Write that a really review. does help. Yeah. That that really does help. I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, once again, let us know if you would attend and whether you would sponsor. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> The Herd Immunity Conference. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you all very much. Thanks, everybody. Bye.